Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. This is a podcast from The Bugle. A green dawn rises over the wasteland world. High above the ruined surface, floating cities jostle for space among the acid clouds. Far below, scrabbling in the midden that remains of the ground floor, roam gangs of what can only loosely still be called human scavengers. Half-cyborg genes spliced with more resilient species to help them survive the harsh conditions, some of them with too many limbs, some with too many heads, all of them with not enough food. One, a child by up-city standards. Three arms bare of metal, skin barely barnacled by the symbiotic chemical swamp beetles, overturns a rusted tyre to pick up scraps of delicious rubber off its underside. A gleam of something fresh catches her eyes. She turns her head to focus on the fluttering brightness with her peripheral eyes as well. Could it be? She reaches a trembling set of tentacles towards it. It's a whole... The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for visual world. This is The Gargle. I'm your host, Alice Fraser. We bring you satirical news for when you want all of the news and none of the politics. Your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Felicity Ward and James Nokise. Hey! Hello. <laughs> it's so nice to have you both uh, back on the podcast. James, how's your head? It's still attached. That's the response of somebody who does not watch RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had any complaints. No, did I just get completely found out on something? I've been faking that for years, and I just dropped the ball completely. <laughs> it's really embarrassing, because that's what you're known for, too. Well, when you're like a well-dressed Polynesian, people will just assume you know everything about RuPaul. And I was like, no, I know nothing. Well, that's really disappointing. I feel betrayed. Also, Alice, may I say in that opening gambit, I was like, hmm, there's like nine words. I don't know what they mean. (laughs) Before we plug our three-way headphone splitter into the shared jack that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover. The front cover this week is a masked shot of Paris-based activist parkour collective on the spot who go around turning lights off in incredibly flashy ways, ironically enough. Why are they cool? Because they're a Paris-based activist parkour collective enacting an environmental agenda while I can only assume their mistresses and wives both watch smoking together on a nearby croissant balcony. Uh, have you heard about this activist group, Felicity? I have heard about this activist group. That's a real surprise for me to know anything that's in the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go around and they do like parkour and turn off unnecessary lights outside of office hours. They're like the coolest dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, parkour, yes, but also just a big stick, I think, would probably do a similar job. You don't need to do a cartwheel, <laughs> just a... Mm. Yeah, a broom will do the trick. Yeah, a broom will do the trick. James? I'm not a big fan of, of parkour, I'll be honest, because I used to get chased around the streets and it was just called chasing uh, back, <laughs> back when I was young. And a broom in Samoan culture is a weapon. So this is a very triggering conversation. I'm so sorry. Oh, That's very so culturally insensitive. Between this and the RuPaul, I've just never had such an offensive start to a gargle episode. <laughs> It's been rough. Did you know that there is such a thing as Paris syndrome, which is tourists who like think of Paris as this like beautiful, clean place where you just eat croissants overlooking the Eiffel Tower, turn up to actual Paris, and there's like a lot of dog poo on the streets and everyone's really rude and mean, uh, and they have a nervous breakdown. It's a real phenomenon. Really? Yeah. 
many Japanese tourists because like the the idea of Paris in Japanese culture is a very particular idea that doesn't actually match up. What they're thinking of is Euro Disney. If they went to Euro Disney, they would get that experience. I'm sure there's like a little Eiffel Tower somewhere in Euro Disney. Yeah, let's make it real for them. I feel like growing up, all I thought about Paris when I was growing up was Madeleine. Like that was that was my only real knowledge of Paris. So you thought, go to Paris, get appendicitis. Yeah, and, and every young person my age was just dressed in those ridiculous clothes with the hat running around. That, that, was that the little cartoon where they went, hello? I mean, that, yeah. that's probably my most, impression most, of most, most French, French anything. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Do you know there's something called London syndrome where people think that London is really dirty and there's dog poo everywhere and people are going to be really rude and then they turn up and they end up living here for 10 years. I have it. <laughs> The satirical cartoon this week is a factory representing the Tory party where a sign reads one day since the last humiliating failure of party unity under bad leadership. So let's see how long that winning streak lasts. Power Rangers news now. And this is the news that restaurant workers dressed as Power Rangers fended off a man who followed and attacked a woman. Uh, James Nokise, you're a Power Ranger. Can you unpack this story for us? Oh, Alice Fraser, how close to the bone you really are. For I'm from New Zealand, where the Power Rangers series are filmed. Uh, this is an amazing story of a woman who ran into a Korean restaurant where on a particular night, the staff were trying out Power Ranger costumes. Uh, and she was fleeing a man who may or may not have been on drugs, but had nefarious intent. And he came in and got her in a choke hold. And the staff looked at the situation and unlike London staff, who would probably go, not having a bar of it, I'm leaving. They decided to embrace the costume and went, maybe we are Power Rangers mm. and just got involved, got the man off. He went and got another weird out mate and came back to Rumble. And they all looked at each other and went, we're gonna Rumble too, we're the Power Rangers. Uh, and they kept the guys out till the cops came. The cops took an insane amount of time to get there as well. And the, the woman was safe. Uh, the, the people who were dining in the restaurant got free food, as the Power Rangers should. <laughs> and the staff were like, oh, we might keep the costumes. I think they should have paid extra. They got to see the Power Rangers in real life fighting a baddie. Dinner and a show, mate. Yeah. The woman who was live tweeting all of this uh, which is where this new story comes from. And it's a very hilarious new story because it's literally just a journalist going, I'll just write down what they've tweeted <laughs> or modern journalism, as it's sometimes known. And they went, no, no, we're not eating for free. We're going to give you a tip. We're going to give you money. And it's just, I think this restaurant's now going to, it just has to rebrand as a Power Rangers restaurant, surely. Felicity? It's quite a wild story. And it's a really great story for everyone to retell except for the woman who ran into the restaurant in the first place. You know, everyone's like, guess what happened? This woman's being chased by a guy. And weirdly, like, the waiters were dressed as power rent. Except when she has to retell the story, it's like saying, I don't know if you've ever heard someone say that their partner died in a really hilarious way. But it just, like, takes... It just undermines the trauma, really. Like... Imagine saying, oh, I had this really awful interaction with an ex and he chased me into this restaurant, um, but the waiters were dressed like Power Rangers. And, you know, like if you're the friend listening, you want to be compassionate, but also 
They're dressed as Power Rangers. What the f*** are you talking about? How do you be a good friend in that situation, listening to the story? You're fleeing someone who's on drugs. Like, I've got to get away from this drug menace. And you go into a restaurant in desperation to, to flee this drugged up menace of a human being. And then you see the Power Rangers. And you're like, there has to be a moment where just for a second you're like, maybe I'm the one on drugs. Exactly. Exactly. If anything, it's gaslighting. My favourite bit about this is the uh, photograph of the Power Ranger waiters who are all wearing um, their Power Ranger outfits. But because there are more waiters than there are colours of Power Ranger, there are two pink Power Rangers and two (laughs) yellow Power Rangers. And they've just made them stand far apart from each other in the hope that we don't notice. Just for balance, for colour balance. (laughs) I think you have to be very careful when you're going through yellow Power Ranger, the pink Power Ranger. Then you've got the black Power Ranger. And you just have to be very careful where you're putting the paws. Is it the black Power Ranger or is it the black Power Ranger? Different. It has a different political insinuation. Definitely does. We actually have uh, black power in New Zealand. They're the second biggest gang. Uh, And they do have rangers who sometimes go out in horses out in the uh, wop-wops in the the rural areas. Amazing. But it's a very different kind. If you encounter a black Power Ranger... You don't want to be dressed in red because that's the colour of the other gang. Black rangers and red rangers do not get along in New Zealand. I'm very glad that this did not happen in New Zealand then. This could have been a very well, different it was probably story, it, right? it was probably filmed in New Zealand. That's the hilarious part to me about this whole story. Heaps of New Zealand, and I'm not going to name names because, you know, no one should have to be shamed on a podcast about this, but a lot of New Zealand comedians have done their time as Power Rangers. For sure, as they should. I mean, I assume as the unmasked Power Rangers because all of the Power Rangers uh, action scenes are played by the same person. It's just each country has a different uh, set of actors for the, the faces of the Power Rangers when they take off their hats. Mostly they sort of match body types, but occasionally uh, in, in, in a country they, they won't match the body type particularly well. Oh, lovely stuff. Love a lack of continuity. I only know this because I knew a guy who, uh, as a pickup line, said, I'm the blue Power Ranger in Japan. And I was like, okay. That's not a pickup line. That's not a pickup line. No. That's when's your mum picking you up. (laughs) Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by A Family Holiday. A Family Holiday, all of the people you love with no escape from the things that irritate you about them. Family holiday, a time to remember the things that in retrospect weren't that cool about your own childhood. (laughs) And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Animal Noises. Uh, Surprisingly important when you are a baby, fairly useless thereafter. Embarrassing to do in public when you have forgotten to bring your baby, but you saw a surprise duck. (laughs) Animal Noises, commit to the bit. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by that stain on your couch. First, try rubbing it off with a soft cloth and up to half a glass of water. Then give up forever and put a sheet over it until you can be trusted to hold food properly. Half a glass of water, it's sort of a solution. (laughs) It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Environment news now, and this is sort of marginally depressing environment news, which is that only 5% of plastic waste that is generated in the US last year was recycled, according to a report. Uh, Felicity Ward you've recycled. Can you unpack this story for us? I have recycled, mate. Yes, I have. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've basically said everything that I know about the story, which is 95% of plastic doesn't get recycled. Um, they've got different ratings of it, uh, like the definition of what is recyclable. They're doing all right, I think, with paper and cans and all of that, but they're, they're pretty behind and nascent in the stages of what to do with the plastic. Having said that, not a single type of plastic in the US meets the definition of recyclable. Now, you might think that's bad. I think the fact that they've managed to recycle 5% of something that is non-recyclable by definition is bordering on witchcraft. Like, it's like you don't want to see the miracle. It's just there, you know. America is at the forefront of technology where they can recycle things that are not technically recyclable. The plastic bottles are a, a huge issue. I think there's stuff that corporations can do, but let's talk about the individual because that's where no real change occurs. <laughs> so the thing is, if I buy just a plastic bottle of water from a shop, I still try to use it personally for as long as I can. So I will lose a fancy bottle and a plastic bottle at the same rate. They just cost me different amounts of money. So... What I think we should do is I think we should ban plastic bottles and then, like dogs, we start microchipping our fancy bottles that we buy, our reusable bottles. And then you have a national database um, <laughs> and then if they get lost and they don't get reclaimed, you have a shelter for unreclaimed bottles and then you've got, like, Middle-class people can start, you know, getting rescue bottles and they can brag about their origins. They're like, this one was just someone's owner and they were at a music festival. There was no toilet, so they pissed in the bottle and they just threw it aside. And then they can, if they can talk to their friends about how they've, like, brought it back into the world and it has confidence. And when they first got the bottle, it was really nervous and skinny. <laughs> and then they've given it so much confidence that it can hold water again. I mean, that's beautiful. I think we should start a religion uh, where everyone believes that after they die, they just live in an eternity of their own rubbish that they've thrown away through the course of their life. I imagine people would just then throw away really useful things. <laughs> I've thrown away this king-size bed. <laughs> James? I found the interesting part was that the US had just been telling people they were recycling stuff and then just shipping it off to China to get burnt. And then turning around and being like, oh, the Chinese <laughs> are the big polluters. And then, and then weirdly enough, after enough of that rhetoric, China was like, oh, I don't think we're going to take any of your, your recyclable waste anymore. And that's when things began to keel over. 
with respect to our wonderful Chinese uh, listeners, both governmental uh, and just uh, people, I think when you cede the moral high ground to China, you you, you know you're f***ed up. I think what we should do is pretend all plastic is billionaires and fire it into space. I would actually just like to add, um, uh, Alice, uh, just because New Zealand is a member of the Five Eyes uh, Network, th th this is just jokes. just jokes. It's just f***ing about. It's nothing. It's nothing serious. It's just no need to. I mean, I have said I'm in Wellington, but, you know, there's no need to, to come and check. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Now it's time for your reviews section. As you know, each week we ask our guests to come in and review something out of five stars. James, what have you brought in for us this week? I have brought in uh, the reason I couldn't do the last record uh, that <laughs> I was supposed to do, uh, which is called vestibular migraines. Uh, uh, anyone who uh, follows me on social media will know since uh, June, uh, I've been having these spells of vertigo, which leave me lying on the ground, vomiting my guts out, sometimes in my father's house, but sometimes even better in my in-law's house. Uh, this is <laughs> nothing like vomiting as an adult human being in front of your father-in-law while he's going, yeah, it's all right, mate. Pat, pat, pat. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, there's no cure to the condition and it leaves you on the ground. The whole world kind of tips to the side. If you close your eyes, you can't even lie on a bed because it's too soft and your body can't stabilize. So you would give it zero stars. But uh, the medication that they've put me on to uh, kind of dampen things is a heart medication uh, where a side effect is it's uh, it, it lowers my blood pressure. And if there's ever been a time in history where having being mandated a pill that lowers your blood pressure is convenient, now is that time. So uh, I'm actually going to give it two stars. Two stars out of five. Horrific. But on the other hand, cool meds. And I'm not even taking a full tab. I'm just taking a <laughs> cheeky half. And because I lived in London in the early 2000s, taking a cheeky half as part of your daily routine, not unfamiliar. And makes you feel better. Really does. <laughs> Uh, Felicity, what have you brought in for us? Uh, I've brought in tall men at gigs. I went to a gig on Sunday night. I uh, went to see Pavement. It was a 90s slacker rock indie band and showing my age. And I attract a certain man at gigs and that they're tall men. They absolutely love to stand in front of me. Um, I am five foot four, <laughs> and it's almost like they can sense a slipstream behind them. So they just fall in front of me. Um, it's like a gravitational pull. And I've never in my life uh, stood behind a tall woman at a gig. I'm sure they exist, uh, tall women. I've stood behind a taller woman, but just not a tall woman. And I think actually if I saw a tall woman at a gig, I would be so impressed. I would It would be an honour to stand behind them. I think that um, gigs should be ordered by height. Sorry, like, sorry to be a rock music fascist, but we, the hobbits, have had enough. Um, and the only reason I have great calves is for all of my life standing on my tippy toes trying to look over tall men's shoulders at music. Um, unfortunately, now I also have very pronounced muscles in my neck as well, uh, which has left me from some, some angles looking like a vase, as my mother has said. <laughs> So we've got a couple of options. Tall men, you can choose which one works best for you. How tall are you, James? Uh, six. Yeah, okay. This is appropriate for you. Or six one in heels. It is six one in heels. <laughs> you do watch RuPaul, you liar. A Ru girl would be ashamed to wear one inch heels. That is 100% true. I get vertigo. I get vertigo. He loves a kitten heel. <laughs> he loves a kitten heel. So you've got a couple of options. You can choose James, which works for you. I'm a benevolent halfling. Um, shortest at the front, 
all the way to tallest at the back, all the tree men at the back. Um, second, tallest down the front, but seated, no standing, lockable seat belts for the entirety of the gig. <laughs> and finally, tall people in the stands or the circle. Once you're in your own area, not our problem, fight it out, we don't care. So I'm going to give tall men a, I'm also going to give them a two out of five. Two out of five. I, I think yeah, school school photo rules. Yes. You, you can kneel, you can kneel up the front. <laughs> yes. Or you go up the back. Yes. Or summer camp rules. <laughs> photo rules. <laughs> You're on one knee, chin shelf. I reckon you what you've been dealing with a bit though, Felicity, is like some really like struggling to emote men who are like, Oh, baby, if I just stand in front of her, she'll want to go on my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. That'll, that'll, that'll work, mate. Yeah, I'm totally all right with a tall man who stands in front of me uh, if he's wearing a harness and is just like, hop on if you like, and then I can swarm up him. They had a mosh, which I was very excited about. And I it was I should have done it, but I was like, should I crowd surf? I've, I've, I always wanted to crowd surf as a teenager and I never did it. And I used to be the perfect weight to crowd surf, which is no weight at all. Um, <laughs> I am not no weight at all anymore, but I was like, I want to get up there. I didn't do it. I love a mosh. It's not as fun, uh, particularly if you're a parent now. I used to like roller coasters, and then I recently went on a roller coaster and I spent the whole time thinking this would be a really stupid way to die. I have a baby. Oh, I don't think like that anymore. <laughs> that's that's the first year you think like that, and then afterwards <laughs> you're like, you know what, we had a good run. <laughs> Bees as weapons news now, and this is the news uh, that a lady has unleashed a swarm of bees onto Hampton County Sheriff Department deputies who were attempting to serve her an eviction notice. Felicity, are you allergic to bees? I'm not allergic to bees, just not taking my makeup off the night before, apparently. Um, that's the only time I get swelling. No, I love bees, absolutely love a bee. My sister, don't know why I'm telling you this, used to pick them up by the wings and sing to them when she was a little toddler. <laughs> yeah, what a weird little nature baby she was. <laughs> this story, this is the dream situation. The protester has done something similar. I don't know if she's done this particular thing before, but she is a protester and she was trying to stop a man from being evicted by her house, uh, from his house, by opening beehives on the sheriff. And can you think of anything more glorious? I wish that she dressed up like a haunted maid or like a Miss Havisham style <laughs> character and then just squeals, my eggs are shriveled, release the bees. <laughs> That's the dream. That's the full dream. She faces multiple assault charges after unleashing the bees on the sheriff. Is it one per bee? That's my question. That is my question. If she is, she's looking at life. She's looking at 50 to life because there were a lot of bees involved. The hypocrisy of all this is that she's trying to stop a man from being evicted out of his home. And then she's just releasing hundreds of bees from their home. It's a double eviction. Like, where are the bees supposed to live? The flowers and the trees now? It's barbaric. That's not how they were raised. James? I think she should go all in and just erect a wicker man in the front lawn of the house. <laughs> just for when the cops come around going, I mean, you can come in here and get me if you want. Bees and a wicker man. That's... It's a hell of a sign. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's interesting. Bees are such a jolly creature, generally, at a distance. Uh, but once they get too close or are multiples, then they become creepy. I think they're one of the few animals that is like that. 
Actually, actually, I think that I take that back. All no, animals are that's like all that. animals. Except giraffes. Giraffes are benevolent at any distance, I feel. It's all fun and games until you're holding on to the food while they're still, like, when they start going up, then it's <laughs> not that benevolent then. I reckon you could still get a hoof to the face from a giraffe. They're very tall. We've discussed my issues with height already. <laughs> if they were in a hurry, I'd be, like, at least kneecap height, and I think that they'd have a decent kick on them. Yeah, but they wouldn't have noticed you. It'd be an accidental kick. Bees are just defending themselves, man. They commit suicide when they try to hurt you. Like it's a last resort. I just, I've got a lot of time for bees. They're doing good things for the world and the environment. They're keeping things moving along. We get rid of the bees, man. It all falls apart. But also you're now in the UK where you, where you have the bumblebee, which is oh the my. most deranged creature that you could possibly imagine. It's like a tiny little shower loofah flying through the sky. <laughs> They're so fat and dumb and fluffy like me. Like, come here, little mate. I am not scared of bumblebees at all. Like, I, I, I would hold a bumblebee in my hand and go, if you kill me, worth it. Not kill me, if you kill yourself. Yeah, I'd keep a bumblebee in my pocket as a friend. Yeah, totally. Wasps, on the other hand, over here, which are not the same as wasps in Australia. Wasps in Australia, as we know, horrendous. Wasps over here are like a mean bee. Well, wasps in Australia are like, you think wasps are normal and then you see the spiders in Australia and you see like a huntsman, you're like, oh, that is the scariest damn thing I've ever seen. And then the locals are going, oh, yeah, but there's a wasp that eats that. You're like, no, no, the wasp is too small. And then you see the wasp and the wasp is not small and the wasp is borderline hornet, I would would say. It's definitely... But that's, bigger. That, I mean, that's Australia. Everything's bigger and kills you. Do you know what? My my fella is English. And when we went to Australia, maybe his second time, I think, we went over to a friend's house for a barbecue. And there was the carcass of a huntsman spider on the ground. Pretty classic. But you're like, oh, sorry, honey. Yeah, you know, it's dead. It's fine. Outside having a barbecue. And then... This tiger wasp comes over, the big orange leg spindle things down the bottom. It goes over to the spider and then drags it to over to a pot plant, flying, holding it, (laughs) dragging the dead body. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty bad, hey. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right to be scared of that. That's not, I'm not going to make fun of you. That's a, a horror movie. On the bright side, it's recycling. So that's where they lay their babies. Do you know that? Oh. <laughs> they get the carcass of a dead spider to lay their babies in it. Spider full of wasps is my next. It's uh, <laughs> the next song I'm going to write. This is all why I told my Australian wife we, we shall live in another country. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, unexpectedly scary animals, news now, and this is the news uh, that in Singapore the otter population is exploding out of control. Singapore, not known for its wildlife, is currently home uh, to an otter population who, seemingly facing no natural predators, are taking over. Uh, James, uh, you've held hands once. Can you unpack uh, a, this story for us? Thank you, Alice. As a former gang member myself, uh, in, in my in my youthy days. Um, uh, when I was into Ufundi, uh, <laughs> I can tell you the otters have been absolutely out of control in Singapore. Uh, it's due to Singapore clearing up the environment. They've they've really made an effort over the last few years to 
clear up the drains and waterways. Uh, and that's led to the otters uh, not just breeding, but coming into the city. They've been eating a lot of koi or koi or koi, depending on what part of Japan you're a tourist in. And they've been uh, going in, in groups of uh, 10, even raiding households, raiding apartment blocks. The only actual predators they have are a small group of alligators uh, who are in a, a musical circus on the northern end of Singapore. And so apart from that, uh, the otters are just completely running right, but also stopping traffic because 10 otters trying to steal fish is adorable. So tourists have been pulling over, <laughs> taking photos. And so between the otters and the tourists, Singapore has got a real uh, conundrum uh, going on um, of, their, of their own making, uh, which again is why environmentalism is, is, is bad. And I've always said so. We covered the, uh, the initial seeds of this story uh, where uh, last year a British man living in Singapore was, going, was attacked by a pack of otters and bitten 26 times. Uh, we made a lot of fun of that man, but it turns out he was just the canary in the, in the coal mine or the, the British jogger in the otter farm. I was not going to bring him up, Alice, uh, because of the history of the show, but I, I still maintain that was not necessarily an attack as an Englishman in Singapore that was clearly the manifestation of ancestors yeah. seeking justice Yeah, in otter form. <laughs> Felicity, have you been attacked by an otter? Many times. You'd be surprised, actually. I've been attacked by a kawati. A kawati is a South American animal, and it kind of... It's like halfway between a dog and a raccoon, but it looks like it's been pulled through a funnel. It lives in the trees. <laughs> and I went to the Iguazu Falls on the border of, I think it's Paraguay and Brazil uh, and Argentina. So I got there and we were like looking at these incredible falls. And I had, you know, those little French fry chips? They're like crisps. I saw them, at, they were selling them. I'm like, I haven't had those for like 20 years. So I bought a pack and I was just eating them. Then there was this kawati on the ground. I'm like, and I was walking towards me. I'm like, oh, that's cool, kawati. Then there was a couple more kawatis. I'm like, yeah, this feels like an ambush. And then one <laughs> of them got really close. I'm like, you're a confident kawati. And then he climbed up my leg, scratched my leg, and then stole my chips and ran off. And then I had to go to a doctor, and he didn't speak English, and I didn't speak Portuguese because we were in Brazil uh, at that point. So we both had to like try to speak Spanish to see what the problem is. And I ended up getting a uh, rabies shot, which I had three months earlier as well. It was fine. Double rabies shot. So you are the least rabid person. I am very unrabid. Thank you so much for noticing. I do love the man being held down by otters. How do you get pinned <laughs> down by an otter? Well, they're, they're surprisingly strong little hands because they have to hold on to each other um, in adorable ways all night and, you know, hit rocks against each other and, and smash shellfish with the rocks on their chest. So that I imagine they have the surprisingly strong grip of a toddler. Oh, I reckon he had a shellfish to the throat just going, <laughs> you don't make any noise. Oh, I love it. I love it. Just their tiny little hands holding him down, pinned to the ground. The 26 bites I can accept being pinned to the ground. It, surely if they're all just holding on to you, it's, like a, it's just like a fur coat. I don't know. Also, there was I saw that, they, that when they're stealing koi, one homeowner lost $64,000 in koi. Like if you've got $64,000 in koi, you have too much money and too much koi. You deserve it. $64,000 of liquid assets eaten by otters. I 
think that Singapore have missed a trick here. I think they just need to put up a little sign above where they're living and just call it the Ottoman Empire. Oh, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I have all the time in the world for an urban animal. These otters have integrated into the urban matrix of Singapore. I think it's uh, a great thing when there's a symbiotic. I love it. Like I love a sparrow in a supermarket. Love it. Oh, I, I, I once saw a, a, a cat uh, eating a, a KFC family meal and I think it bought it with its own money. <laughs> well, look, cats get hangovers too, Alice. All right. Don't be so judgmental. I feel like this is something slightly different because it's not just like a random animal. It's gangs. It's legitimate yeah. gangs of otters roaming the streets, you know, swiping pins from cash machines, ram braiding. Well, James, maybe you need to go and de-radicalize them. No, I'm terrible in that situation. I'll end up like leading a revolution. <laughs> yeah. I've always yeah. thought that. The otter king. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the time we have for the show this week. We're flipping through the ads at the back. Uh, uh, Felicity, have you got anything to plug? Oh, if you're in the UK or Ireland, I have a special on Amazon Prime, part of the Soho Theatre Live. My show name doesn't come up. It's called Busting a Nut. Yeah, I've seen uh, the show Busting a Nut, so go and see uh, that if you have access, if you are in the UK or Ireland, or if you can pretend to be in the UK or Ireland right. uh, by the magic of internet tools. Three little letters called VPN, baby. I do not endorse it. It's illegal. James, uh, what have you got to plug? I have a new podcast coming out on the 15th of November, which I've been working on. Uh, it's it's an investigative journalism podcast into world rugby and its relationship to the Pacific Islands that I've wow. been just... Yeah, look, the pandemic took weird pivots for all of us. Um, <laughs> and I, being a soccer player who does stand-up comedy, ended up doing a rugby podcast where I interview politicians, the chairman of World Rugby, uh, and a whole bunch of other people. And so that's called Fair Game, World Rugby Against Pacific, and that's uh, coming out where you can normally find podcasts in mid-November. Amazing. And it's got a kick-ass soundtrack as well because they gave me money and said, pick who you want, and I picked one of New Zealand's top hip-hop uh, producers uh, to do it. Uh, so if nothing else, just listen to the first couple of minutes because I promise you... Was it P-Money? Uh, it's not. It's not. He's better. He's better than P-Money, but good local knowledge. Thank you so much. Five points to Ward. I don't know where that where that was sitting in my head. I would like to thank our roving reporters this week, Kieran Lee, who sent in the recycling story, C Lips, who sent in the Power Rangers story, and Maud Subite, who sent in the bee attack story. If you would like to be a roving reporter, tweet us at HelloGarglers on Twitter. I am Alice Fraser. Find me online at, at Alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E on Twitter and Instagram, or patreon.com slash Fraser, where you get all of my stand-up specials for free, as well as a weekly Tea with Alice salon. And we're also doing writers' meetings now, so if you're working on a creative project, you can come and hang out with me and do some writing. That's uh, patreon.com slash Fraser. This is a Bugle podcast, an Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. The world today is angry and not just about the important stuff. I'm Tiff Stevenson and I'm annoyed. You're listening to this and I know something random has pissed you off already today. So this show is a safe space for me, you and a funny guest to relive, release unload on all of those things that make modern life so uh, well like this she 
hated me. And that's the number one thing I don't like in a person, personally. <laughs> I can take someone that I don't like, that's fine with me if I don't like you. But if you don't like me, that ruins me. No beef too old, no fear too irrational, no opinion too unpopular. First of all, it's not growing out of my brain. It's, what are you talking about? I mean, if your hair manifested the internals of your brain, there'd be a lot of people in mergers and acquisitions with tiny penises for hair. <laughs> but it's just the worst Medusa ever. From the Bugle, this is Catharsis.